T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back. Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. On a Sunday, hour number two, Joe Beamer with you. Thank you for joining me this morning. And thanks to our next guest, State Senator Rob Ort, also the minority leader in the State Senate. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Now, uh, before we get to, uh, well, I mean, this is part this is part of the budget, um, something that we've uh, talked about in the first hour, and that is the uh, the state deal uh, with the new Bill Stadium and the state taking over the new Bill Stadium. Uh, what did you think of the final product when it came to the state and the Buffalo Bills? Well, you know, it, first of all, the fact that it's going to come as a great surprise to your listenership, but, um, you know, the, the minority conferences, my conference, uh, myself, uh, I don't think actually any legislative leader actually was involved in in the negotiations. So I learned about the deal, quote unquote, uh, when it was released in the, in the news, right? When it was uh, made public from the governor's office. Um, and so you're always sort of Monday morning quarterbacking these things. Uh, it, there's a lot of public dollars. So first and foremost, you know, I think it's the it's one of the largest public investments in a stadium deal. Maybe in the country, uh, you know, in, in, in the history of sports, I don't know. I don't know how hyperbolic we want to get, but there's a lot of money there. Um, at the end of the day, I, I do think you look at the Seneca monies, um, which were, were owed. Uh, those are monies that are generated here in Western New York. They're generated, uh, you know, at casinos in Western New York. I know in my dialogue with the Senecas over the years, and I certainly can't speak for them. Uh, they can speak for themselves, but uh, I know one of their big complaints has always been the money that go to the state, to municipal governments, they never see it come back in any meaningful way, right? They, they can never really point to, hey, our dollars went and did this. I think this is a scenario where it's different. They'll be able to, you know, those dollars are going to be able to um, be pointed to because it's going to be obviously a huge part of constructing the stadium. Uh, the state is going to own the stadium I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that. I've, I'm not as big on that. I, I was very critical of the Buffalo Billion because we were going to own, we do own the, uh, the, the facility. I never think that's a good thing for the state to own uh, these kinds of things because there's long-term maintenance uh, overhead. Um, and what happens, you know, 30 years from now, the state is, is basically owns a stadium of which the Buffalo Bills will be a tenant in. So I would have, I would have preferred, quite frankly, maybe for even the, the Bills to own it. Um, but, you know, that, that was, I'm sure, a, a major term of the deal. 
And then I think the best, you know, the winners of, of the whole thing seem to be really besides uh, the Hills uh, in the city of Buffalo. But I think uh, the, the Erie County, you know, Erie County gets out of owning the stadium. Um, so that's uh, a long-term cost that they shed. Um, they have an upfront, uh, you know, uh, figure they have to pay. Uh, and, you know, they, they, the Bills get to stay in Erie, in Buffalo, in New York. So I think when it's all said and done, this is great for, for Buffalo, for Bills fans. Um, you know, the, the team is going to be here for 30 years. We can't understate the significance of that. There's 32 NFL cities, Joe. There's at least 32 other cities in the country that would line up and follow themselves to have an NFL team. So it's, it's not an insignificant thing. Um, but uh, whenever you have this kind of public dollars, you're going to get scrutiny. There were colleagues of mine uh, from downstate that were not a fan of this deal. They were clearly Democratic colleagues. Uh, from other parts of the state that were not a fan of the deal. Um, but at the end of the day, we knew that the, whatever budget came through, this was going to be in there, a part of it. Um, but, again, my my take is that at the end of the day, we had to keep the bills in New York, um, and I'm glad the bills will be here for the rest of, of my adult life. And speaking of uh, other parts of, of that uh, budget deal, we had the, the Bill Stadium, which took up a lot of time of the uh, discussion on the floor on Thursday. Uh, and then, you know, we had heard throughout the last few weeks, um, you know, the bail reforming the bail reform, right? You heard a lot of back and forth on that. What actually came of that when it was all said and done? Very little, Joe. Very little. Um, you know, this, I think, when you look at what there was a lot made by the governor and others of her 10 point plan that was in the New York post um, based on that alone, uh, it was a complete bail fail. I mean, they, the, 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 the admission of the Senate Democrats during the debate was that this, this simply clarifies, I mean, they were asked on a number of occasions by myself and my colleagues, uh, including people like Senator George Borrello uh, and others, uh, you know, does this change? Does this? Do we are we making you know this uh, uh, changes to the disastrous cashless bail? Does it roll it back? And they said no. We're just clarifying certain points of the law. So the 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 great you know bail failed or the changes they were trying to make um, were nothing, really zero uh, as far as making an impact on public safety, on decreasing uh, the revolving door of criminals. Um, you know, uh, um, th- there's any number of, of, of crimes you can get arrested for that you still will just receive a desk appearance ticket, um, the vast amount, actually. Uh, so there were, there were small changes, tweaks, very cosmetic. Um, but I think the most telling part of this was, you know, I, I asked on the floor, do you believe that the bail, cashless bail of 2019 has resulted in an increase in crime here in New York? And uh, Senator Jamal Bailey from New York City said no. And so my question was, well, then, then why are we doing this for the second time? Why are we for the second time since 2019 pretending to fix bail? And I'll tell you why, and you know this, and your listeners know this. Um, this has nothing to do with public safety. It has to do with public polling numbers. Uh, in a recent Siena poll, 56% of New Yorkers said cashless bail has been bad for New York, has been bad for public safety. of respondents said judges should have discretion in all cases. So this has to do with public polling numbers, not public safety. That's why the governor and the Democrats uh, have been trying to fix it or pretend they fixed it. Um, 
their left, the left wing base, the progressive base, the democratic socialists, the people who push this, they, they, they cannot allow an actual rollback or actual reforms, um, the kind that our police officers, our DAs, uh, and victims across the state of New York know we need. So uh, when it came all, when it, when it all came, you know, the smoke cleared, there, really nothing was done to overturn the disastrous um, cashless bail law that we have here in New York. You know, I know it's, it's difficult to read uh, others' minds, but, um, you know, you pick up a New York Post, you listen to any radio show that's based in New York City. I, I mean, you know what, you know the issue that's going on. I'm surprised, one, that that they would say that there hasn't been an uptick in crime. But, you know, I, I can't imagine that these minor changes are going to affect poll numbers. Do you think we're going to be back here again in several months uh, pretending that we're going to change bail reform? I, I don't. And, and the reason I say that is just given the political dynamic in the legislature, this was absent, absent Governor Hochul um, even, you know, Putting this, I mean, the frustrating part was from the governor's standpoint, I felt it was a little insincere. She put her budget forward in January, nothing about bail. In fact, she sort of doubled down and said, you know, bail's not the problem, um, you know, the, the changes. Then she has, she has, every governor has 30-day amendments. So it's kind of like you put your budget forward, and then you can make amendments within 30 days to your budget. You can put things you, things you forgot. Uh, you can change things you put in there. Nowhere the 30-day amendments was anything about bail. Then the Senate and Assembly one-house budgets came out. Nothing about bail. So it was only when the governor uh, sort of, I don't know if it was leaked by her or by somebody else in the New York Post, that this plan came out like two weeks ago that she wanted to address changes to bail. Um, so I, I just don't know how sincere those efforts were. I think it was clearly a political uh, a cosmetic attempt Again, much more to do with public polling than public public safety. But with the legislature, there is no effort there in the, you know, in the, in the Senate and the Assembly to do anything on bail. In fact, uh, I believe they did everything they could to prevent this, and they had several members vote no. They voted no. They said we should, be, we should not be doing anything, even pretending to do something on, uh, to roll back cashless bail or change it. So I just don't think there's going to be a will in the legislature before June. We, we, you know, we'll break in June. I don't think there'll be any will, political or otherwise, to do anything on this. The only thing that's going to change this and bring us back to really try to fix this is a change at the polls in November. Different people have to be sent to Albany in the legislature um, and across the spectrum who actually understand that public safety is our number one priority, and they're willing to really do something about it. The current folks in the legislature, uh, writ large, um, certainly the Democratic conference, are simply not willing to do it. Another thing that was to be included in this budget, uh, according to Reuters, uh, I'm not sure it made the final vote, but we had people calling in this week saying that they've been told um, it's affecting them with new builds, and that is New York State to ban natural gas in new buildings, uh, becoming the first state to do so. Uh, did that go through? And where do we stand on this? Like I said, during the week, we had two or three people call in and indicate that their project is on a hold right now uh, because of the because of the possible banning on new builds. So that is that was not in the budget. Um, certainly to my knowledge, that was not a part of, of, of anything we voted on. That is being discussed, however, 
um, as part of the uh, Climate uh, Leadership and Community um, Protection Act, which was passed several years ago. And in that law, which was all about, you know, lowering emissions standards um, and, you know, you know, trying to have a, an impact on climate change, um, they created a working group, uh, an unelected board of, of bureaucrats, of people that you've never heard of, um, who haven't been elected to anything by anyone, and they are tasked with coming up with a plan to get us to these emissions goals. So the goals were laid out in the, in the law that was passed back in 2019, but how to get there was left up to this working group. Um, and they have put forward a scoping plan. It currently is up for public comment, so New Yorkers can weigh in. But that is one of the, one of the proposals that has been put, put forward is banning all natural gas hookups. So if you're building a new home, it will have to be completely electrified. It will not, natural gas will not be an option for you if you're building a home. That is a proposal. That wasn't part of the budget, but it is a real proposal that is being pushed uh, by my, some of my colleagues, supported by my colleagues, and all, all of my Democratic colleagues voted for the law that created this working group. Um, but I don't think a lot of people are talking about this unless you're building a home or if you're a builder or certainly if you work at National fuel, uh, this is a real concern. Um, and so there's more craziness coming down the pike, Joe. That's one thing you can count on with Albany. Uh, but that was not part of the budget. But that is a real proposal that is out there that could, in fact, become law here in New York um, if people don't weigh in. And again, if there aren't different people in office in state government. So it's not banned yet, but there are local places that are kind of holding up because they don't want to have to redo a build. I mean, when this goes into law, would it from that point you couldn't add natural gas hookups? Speak for for a builder. I, I mean, I, I, there might be a builder. There may be a specific uh, uh, project where somebody's saying, if this is being done, if we complete this, we may have to completely redo it because you know, obviously, if you if you uh, I don't know if the law would be grandfathered. Again, my knowledge is today, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident when I say this, today you can go build a house with natural gas hookups. There, there's nothing precluding that from occurring. But this is being considered um, in, uh, uh, in Albany, I'll say, uh, as part of this uh, working group and could become law, not this year, I don't think, but certainly um, if, if, I know, if I remember the law correctly, come next year. Their proposals would become, um, uh, I don't want to say permanent, but right now it's a proposal. There's a, a public hearing. New Yorkers can weigh in on these proposals. But then next year, um, that proposal becomes more firm and action taken by the legislature. Those proposals will have the force of law. And this is one of those proposals. Is there anything else in that 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 people should be looking out for um, on top of the no new uh, gas hookups? If this became law, anything else that would affect the you know day to day life of people? Oh, there'll be plenty. Um, uh, there, there's all there's proposals in there that uh, could affect what you pay at the pump. So even though New York State uh, in this budget we did we did cut the um, or, or suspended the, the ga- a portion of the gas tax. So I think 16 cents um, for every gallon, um, you know, has been suspended until the end of the year. So uh, there'll be some 
minor relief for New Yorkers uh, at the pump. But there are other proposals being floated, uh, including uh, there's a bill, uh, the Community Climate Community Investment Act. Uh, now, that is that would increase. It, it calls for a higher gas tax in New York so we can take that money and put that money into communities that have been negatively impacted by climate change. So these, you know, these are these are bills that are out there. These are proposals that are out there um, that are going to impact usage of energy uh, here in New York. Um, it's going to impact homeowners. Uh, it's going to impact people who want to get loans for homes. Um, and it's going to drive up affordability. So if, if, if you don't like the, how much it costs to heat your home in the winter, how much it costs to fill your gas, your, 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 your car up at the gas pump, um, if, you don't, if you think it's, it's very expensive to live here in New York currently, these proposals are absolutely going to increase costs from an energy perspective for consumers, for consumers. So if you live in New York, other states aren't, well, maybe other states are considering it, but as you mentioned, New York is trying to go further than other states. And so we are going to make New York less competitive if these proposals become law. We're going to drive up costs for New Yorkers who are already living in a high-cost state. Um, and this specifically impacts upstate and suburban and rural voters. Because in New York City, if you live in an apartment, Joe, you already know this, you know, who, who owns the high-rise? Who owns the apartment? Some, you know, that's who's going to have to electrify that building. And most of his rents or her rents, they're already, they're already rent-controlled. They're capped. So they can't even pass the cost on to you. So they'll just have to eat it. But if you live in Alden or Marilla or Kendall or, you know, in, in Genesee County or Niagara County, uh, guess what? You're going to have to pay that cost. The homeowner. There's no one to pass it on to. And I think you're gonna, this is going to continue the exodus. It's going to be bad, by the way, for labor, for people who build pipelines and build, uh, you know, infrastructure, energy infrastructure. Those folks will be hurt by this. This is a bad, bad law. It wasn't part of the budget, but it is coming. It is out there. It is up for debate right now, public comment, and people listening should absolutely. There's a link uh, I can send to you. You could let, uh, let your listeners know um, after this call, and uh, people should go to that link and make their voices heard on this. And we'll put that link on, uh, on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Uh, before we let you go, you know, there's uh, you talked about the, the mass exodus of New York, and we saw a lot of that, obviously, over the last two years. And I just want to know from you, you know, we're starting to hear about COVID numbers again and elected officials getting COVID. Do you think New York will ever go back to COVID restrictions like we saw six months ago? It is a, I, it, I never thought we would get there the first time or the second or the third time. So, you know, with the current leadership, and, and that includes the governor, uh, as well as my colleagues across the aisle who really were absent, right, really were unwilling to even uh, play a role in managing the pandemic. They were content to let the governor uh, rule by executive order, um, they're very, my colleagues, some of them are extremely COVID conscious. I mean, keep in mind, Joe, we just recently, just recently, reopened the Capitol and the legislative office building and allowed legislators on the floor of the Senate without masks. Just, just recently, we had capacity limits in the Senate when no one had capacity limits. So, the, you know, you're dealing with 
uh, sometimes a, a, a mentality with some of my colleagues that they they don't mind those restrictions, or maybe they enjoy them. I don't know, but so I I, I can never say never. Uh, I've said for a long time we have got to get to a point where living with COVID does not mean you know being in a room by yourself completely with two masks on. It just that is not living with COVID. Living with COVID you know means COVID is going to be out there. You need to take precautions. Obviously, uh, you know, for, for different people, that, that means different things. It means for some folks, it means getting the vaccine, getting the booster, and, you know, doing whatever else they, they need to do, and that makes them feel good. They, I mean, that's the smart thing for them. For other people, it's not. Um, but I don't think it means uh, the restrictions and restaurants, you know, being shut down and capacity limits and, you know, uh, only getting takeout food, kids learning remotes, that we cannot go back. And people need to expect more from their elected leaders. If that's your answer, every time COVID numbers go up, um, you need different people in leadership. Because by that logic, we're going to be in this cycle for the next 10 years or more. And, and that can't be allowed to happen. That cannot be allowed to happen. We know more about COVID today. We have more data. We know more about the science. We need to take that, that data, learn, not be afraid, be smart, and learn and we need leaders who are putting that message forward and not a message of fear and lockdowns and restrictions and all, all of that. We cannot go back there. But whether New York will, I think, determines who's in the executive cha- uh, chamber, who's in running the Senate, and who's in the Assembly. That's going to go a long way to determining the answer to your question. Minority Leader Rob Orr. Rob, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks, Joe. Good to talk to you. That is State Senator Rob Ort. He is the minority leader in the State Senate. When we come back, former State Senator George Maziars will join us to break down the state budget and other happenings around the state. And yes, here in Erie County, it's Hardline on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.